0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coasters and Culture with Rex and the Beast. This is The Beast in central Kentucky. On the line with me is Rex in Denver, Colorado, and you are listening to the podcast for rexandthebeast.com. Thanks for joining the journey with us today. Happy 2020, my friend. How are you doing in Denver? Doing great. I'm excited to get 2020 started with a podcast that is way overdue,
1: so I'm really excited to talk about it. But uh, things are going great here. How about there, Beast?
0: Yeah, everything's going real well. I did want to ask you, I've been asking a few people about this. You've seen no doubt the discussion concerning whether or not 2020 begins a new decade. And there's a whole movement out there that says no. Uh, Technically speaking, the new decade does not begin until 2021 because there was no year zero. Uh, Your thoughts? Well, this was a huge issue. If you'll remember,
1: around the centennial in 2000, the question was, you know, whether a a not decade, but in that case, whether we were moving out of the 1900s and moving into the 2000s uh, yet or not. And of course, you go back to the whole issue that there was never a zero. No, you know, you weren't ever in year zero. You start at year one, and therefore, 10 years means you have to get to year 11, and so on and so on. So I find it to be completely irrelevant. I mean, the truth is, okay, if you are some type of numerologist, that's correct. But the way everybody thinks about it is in terms of the decade itself. I spend approximately 98% of my time listening to 80s on 8, and uh, they don't play from 1979 to 1989. Um, You know, they, they play... Um, From from 1980 to 1989, because that's how we think about things.
0: Right. Right. But that's where the confusion comes in. Right. Because it's perfectly legitimate to say the 80s. Obviously, that means 80 to 89. There's nothing wrong with that. But what we typically do is we assume when you say the 80s, you mean the decade. And right. that not necessarily is technically correct, but it doesn't matter because we all know what we're talking about. Yeah, so
1: I think that's right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you want to be, if you want to stand on absolute ceremony here that to be a completely correct, you're correct. It is the 01 through the 10 years thereafter. But come on, we, we know what we're dealing
0: with here. We know what we're dealing with here, you know, so everybody just needs to calm, calm down. Everybody just calm down. Nothing to see here. Let's move on. Hey, we got a big show today, don't we?
1: Got I think so. To talk about. No, yeah, I we got so. a, big,
0: a big discussion we've been wanting to have for a very long time. There's no use to uh, waste any time. You ready to concentrate? Let's concentrate. I've got to concentrate. concentrate. I've got to concentrate, concentrate, concentrate. Yeah, so Rex, you and I have now finally ridden Hagrid's magical motorbike Adventure at the Islands of Adventure Universal Orlando Resort. Man, when did we do this? This was in September, right? Right. This
1: was on our uh, Halloween Horror Nights 29 trip in September, uh, which is just amazing that we're talking about how long ago that was. Uh, I know that um, there are just you know amazing amounts of people sitting around waiting for this, uh, this reaction and these thoughts, and um, we decided to just drag it out as much as we possibly could, but now that we're here, yeah, it, uh, it it took us a while to get there, but once we did, it was it was really, honestly, it was exciting to be in the queue headed on to the ride for me in a way that was, um, you know, different than we've had in a little while. Um, so I, I was it was very I was very exciting. I was I was excited going into it, and I was excited while we were there um, to get a chance to check it out.
0: Yeah, you know, and the, the, it was everything that we had heard going into it, basically we were able to experience in a lot of ways. So we've heard about the fact that you are definitely going to experience downtimes while you're in the queue. Yep, we did. It was probably a 45 minute to an hour downtime when we were in the queue. Um, we said we, you know, everybody was talking about the fact that, Uh, It's a unique ride. There's nothing like it and that it's not screen-based, which is nice for Universal because so many of the new attractions have been screen-based. All of those things turned out to be true and right. and uh, So yeah, it was really a high expectation, which is interesting because... It seems like recently high expectations have been given over to new lands. So you've got Galaxy's Edge, an entire land, you know, we're excited about that, obviously. Even, uh, you know, Diagon Alley, there's just an entire new land uh, in the park. We're excited about that. But this has probably been the most hype about a single attraction that you and I have had in a long time. Uh, Granted, we were not ready for the brilliance of Watch the ride at Animal Kingdom. Um, flight of Passage. Flight of Passage. If we were not ready for the brilliance of Flight of Passage. We probably would have been more hyped if we'd have realized how amazing that was gonna be. But you and I, you know, we weren't able to get there right away. So there was a there was a long waiting process. We were super hyped, couldn't wait. And it's kind of cool, in my opinion, that now several months later we're able to talk about it now on the podcast because everybody was talking about it six, seven, eight months ago, not so much now. So we kind of have a little bit of a fresh voice here um, since no one really is talking about it. So that's what we'll do. What does Rex and the beast think about Hagrid's magical creatures, motorbike adventure. So let's kind of break this down Yeah, Go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say, one of the other factors leading into the interestingness of this as well is it was, you know, we had the Flight of Passage issue. You had Diagon Alley issue and and Gringotts all, going all the way back to uh, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and Forbidden Journey. And as you say, many of those were not just the attraction, but the entire land. But with all of those, I'm not sure that there was uh, a greater positive response for a single uh, land attraction um, or anything else than there was this. and. And that's, that was something that really had us extremely excited to check out. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little more detail, but I think that's important to realize as well. Um, and it probably was as long as a delay as we have had on any of those. We were there opening day for Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Um, we were there sh- not opening day, but shortly thereafter, a month or so for Diagon Alley. And we were there opening weekend for Animal Kingdom Flight of Passage.
0: Yeah, that's right. And so that fits in perfectly. I think it blends in perfectly with the first thing we can talk about when we're talking about the review of this, and that is our expectations going into the ride, because what you just said uh, influences this. It has a it plays a factor, plays a role in our expectations. So as much as we may want to attempt to experience a ride or a show or anything park attraction with a purely unbiased approach, the fact is that we all bring certain expectations to the attraction. Generally speaking, Right. The lower the expectations, the greater the chance one will have of actually enjoying the ride, since higher expectations require more from the ride uh, or show or whatever to impress us. So I think the first thing we need to ask is, honestly speaking, what were our expectations? Even if we were trying to be unbiased, what really were our expectations going into the ride and why? did we have those expectations? So what you just said is relevant to this, right? I mean, there is no way for us not to be pretty hyped because when's the last time we have ever seen Twitter, the world of division known as Twitter, when is the last time we've seen it more unified than we did on this particular attraction? And the answer is never, right? Um, Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's not even
1: arguable. There is never in the, the Twitter history uh, been something that the theme park Twitterverse seemed more in line with, of course, you're going to have one or two people or, you know, some small percentage that, that had negative things to say. Uh, and if we're putting aside the negative of it breaking down all the time. Right, that's, right. that's, that's a different issue. It's the actual attraction itself. Once it's running correctly, uh, Diagon Alley didn't get this. Uh, Wizarding World of Harry Potter didn't get it. Forbidden Journey certainly didn't get it. Um, Flight of Passage doesn't get it. it. Nothing, nothing has been able to get the near universal, no pun intended, acclaim that Hagrid's received, which is what had us literally scratching our heads as we're sitting at our computers reading all of this, talking to each other, it's like, what is this attraction? You know, because we worked really hard. I never saw a ride through. I never saw a POV of the ride. I I didn't even look in detail and analysis uh, whether it was you know Kaspersky or Alicia or someone else talking about it. I stayed away from all of that. I didn't even know for sure how it worked. I mean, obviously, I knew the bit broad outlines, but but not more than that. And so I I was just. I'm not sure you could have higher expectations because of all of
0: that. Totally agree. And that's exactly where I am as well. I didn't watch a single POV, no YouTube videos. You and I knew as little about this attraction going into it maybe than anyone who ever wrote it. Uh, We really did not know what we were getting ready to experience other than there was near uniformity in positive reviewing of the attraction. And that just doesn't happen these days. It just doesn't. You know, the world of Twitter is just a world of different opinions. You're going to take a devil's advocate approach, even if you love it, just for the sake of arguing. There was very little of that going on, which is just unprecedented, something we had never seen before. So that definitely skewed, I think, what we were you know, we could not come into this without certain expectations that this is truly going to be mind blowing since every everybody across the political spectrum, so to speak, in terms of theme parks, everybody loves the ride. Now, another thing I just want to mention is that you and I are not Potter super fans. You know, we're just not. We we like the movies, but we don't know everything there is to know about all of the in and outs and everything about Hagrid and all the magical creatures. And for example, if I ask you, what is a blast ended scroot, You're going to have no idea what that is.
1: Right. No, that's right. That's right. We are not we are not um, we are not the the files, Potter maniacs and all of that. I did read most of the books. I, I saw most of the movies, but I didn't see all of them. And
0: um, well, you're above me. I've not read the book. So, you know, more than I do. Yeah, no, sure. I, mean,
1: I read the I read at least the first four. Um, but in any event, um, the bottom line is, yes, that's that's not who we are. We do know enough about it to, to sort of appreciate what's going on. Uh, I know enough from my son being completely into it and and that sort of thing. But yes, that's that's accurate.
0: Yeah. So, you know, super fans coming in, this can go either direction, can't it? Because if you're a super fan, you come in, you perhaps are going to be even more um, critical of the attraction. Does it really holding up to how much you love Potter or the other side of it can be true as well? You may just be amazed that you're actually seeing a creature that you thought you would never see, and just the mere presence of it is enough to catapult your rating way above what perhaps the actual attraction is. Matter of fact, you know, let's just chat about that. Which do you think, which do you think uh, is more plausible? If you're a super fan, that you're going to be more critical and you think this isn't good, or that you're going to be more excited about the attraction and maybe overlook. Um, Parts of it that are weaker. Which do you think typically happens with super fans?
1: Well, I think that's a I think it's a loaded question because I think you have two different types of fans. Same same issue applies um, for how people are going to respond to. Let's go back to the very the the original Avengers movie. If you are a super fan of the Avengers and Marvel, you have different kinds. I I, I as as we've talked about before, I was a huge fan of the Avengers. Uh, collected all the comic books from back in the early, starting in the early '70s, and and still have them. But I'm not a maniac about it. And so I was pumped and thrilled and so excited to see these characters on the screen that I I loved it. But if you are a maniac, you know the kind of people that are at every comic con that's out there, and you know are doing you know cosplay and all of that, then you may go in finding all the flaws. So I do think there's two different types of people. But if you had to boil it down, I believe Hagrid's as an attraction was more and is more supportive of being a huge fan because there's little things that you can appreciate by knowing those um, than the other side.
0: Right. Well, but I mean, that's why we're saying super fan. I mean, by definition, super fans are maniacs. So it, the, the first category that you mentioned is not a super fan. That's a fan, but not a su- super fan. Like by definition is, you know, everything there is to know you're insane. You collect all the stuff on your desktop. You know, there is 50,000 bobbleheads of all the creatures that you love about the, like, that's what we're talking about when we say super fan. So I, I just wonder, yeah, you're saying you think that person would be more inclined to be positive toward the attraction, even if it's not as strong as they think it is. This one,
1: I, I'm saying that because I think Hagrid's does a good job of addressing uh, of addressing a number of things that a super fan can can feel. Aha, they they're they're dealing they're they're dealing with me here. They're addressing things I know and I care about. And right. so that's for that for Hagrid's specifically, I think the answer is yes. In general, the answer may be no.
0: You know, it, I it just, I reflect on, on Halloween Horror Nights 24 when they did the first Halloween maze. Like, I I don't know if I would call myself a Halloween super fan in, in the sense of how maniacal you really have to be. But I know basically everything there is to know just about the movie itself, maybe not all the backstory and everything. Um, so when I went into that, you know, I went in pretty critical. I really wanted them to do a good job of capturing the film. But... As I'm sitting here now, Halloween Horror Nights 24 remains one of my favorite, if not my favorite years, primarily because of that maze. Right. Was it really that good? Was the Halloween maze really that good that I could say HH 24 is one of the best years? Or is it just the fact that I was so fired up? It's an interesting question, isn't it? Because I I, I think probably not. I think it's really probably not that good of a maze that makes the whole event one of the best. But it does for me because it was just so incredible, you know.
1: Yeah, tough tough to say. It is tough to say because it was a great house, but it's clearly a a less great house if you don't understand and know Halloween well. And that gets into every year, HHN, because there's always uh, IP being used and things being used that not everyone knows. People that know it really well do seem to have a tendency to enjoy it more. They do a pretty good job at HHN.
0: So let's talk about the lack of screens. A lot of screen-based stuff going on at Universal, which, hey, they've done it to perfection. So you can't complain about this too much. Some of the most amazing, innovative rides in the world are at the Universal Orlando Resort in Florida, and screens have been a huge part of that. However, fans were getting a little tired of them. How much does the fact that this is more of an organic, non-screen, non-digital-based ride, how much does that play into the fact that people loved it?
1: I think it plays in a decent amount in this regard. I believe we were at the point, and we saw it with Flight of Passage, we even saw it with Gringotts, where there's 15%, 20%, maybe 25% of the people out there that were going to have a negative reaction to a screen-based ride. And generally, we think you know people understand what we're talking about when we say that, that are listening to this podcast, just because they've just had it. It's like, look – we get it. The screens work. The screens do work, and they're nice. We want to see some traditional, non-screen-based attractions. We and, want to see
0: something that's real,
1: and, and we want to be able to see it, <laughs> to smell it. Smell. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it, that's just the way it is. And those people <laughs> were not going to be happy if it was screen-based, no matter what. And so that's a, not an insignificant amount of people. I, I think that's anywhere from ten to twenty-five percent of the people that it didn't matter if if it was exactly the same attraction that it is, but there are two or three more screens that address certain things. Like I'm not saying take away anything. I'm saying you leave everything there that's there right now, but you add two or three screens that add an additional element to it. All of these people would have been unhappy. And that I, I really believe that. And so I really believe that that was a big a big piece towards getting the near unanimity on this being a, a,
0: a great ride. Yeah, and they could have easily done that. So when you go backwards, when you go up the, uh, the the hill in the middle of the attraction and you go backwards before you drop down, you go into that dark tunnel. They easily could have put screens on either side of, of the tunnel and created some you know, probably pretty cool effects, but they opted not to do that. Um, and I think that was the right move on their part for that very reason. So those are some of the expectations. I mean, we did certainly have fairly high expectation for the rides based on the social media response, based on the fact that, you know, there's there's no screens. We, we were excited about that. It's going to be a thrill ride, more of a thrill experience. You know, but what about this, man? What about the fact? I, I bet you haven't thought about this. and Maybe it plays no role in it whatsoever, and it may not. But have you wrestled at all with the fact that Hagrid's magical motorbike Magical Creatures Adventure, whatever it's called, that it replaced Dueling Dragons. Do you think, and I know it was Dragon Challenge and we already were like, well, whatever, it doesn't matter now. But do you think that even the nostalgia of knowing how important this kind of sacred spot was for for me and you, did that have any role in your mind for the way you experienced the attraction?
1: Well, interestingly, I uh, I think not for how I experienced it in a major way, but for the reaction... I think there is something there, but I think it might be a little different than what you're saying. I don't think it has anything to do with Dueling Dragons. I think it has everything to do with Dragon Challenge. In hmm. that, Dragon Challenge sucked, and <laughs> and and everybody thought that that was there was a very high percentage of people that thought that as well, coming yeah. off of Dueling Dragons, which was mm-hmm. of course great. And yeah. so they didn't like Dragon Challenge, and so seeing it go and a ride put in its place that was all of a sudden really a good ride again yeah. gave it a boost because it's like yeah. great we got rid of that and we got something good again so i think it played into it in that manner if would it would it have been treated as as positively if we had gone straight from dueling dragons to haggards i think maybe not
0: interesting yeah i think that's a great point maybe something people aren't thinking enough about uh, in terms of their response to it, even subconsciously, that could be a factor. You know, every now and then, not often, and this certainly is not a huge deal, but every now and then, when I'm in Diagon Alley, I will think I'm standing on top of jaws. you know, and it just there's just kind of this weird time marches on and things have to change and get better. and and Diagon alley is obviously an improvement over jaws. But there's still just that moment. Where, where i remember yeah of course I, new, new, new fans you know they don't know and they don't care i guess
1: yeah but, I, I don't really think of it in diagon alley much uh for a couple of different reasons but but i do think of it and i did think of it matter of fact i think you and i even spoke about it about uh when we did hagrid's about the history of that area with dueling dragons yeah. and how great you know we've 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 talked for years and years. We wrote articles about it. We podcasted about it about the queue at Dueling Dragons and and how much that was an important part of our early um, Rex and the Beast uh, sort of years. Of the the feel, you know. Uh, there's you know no doubt when I think still when you if you and I put our favorite theme park Islands of Adventure it still comes in to me as my favorite theme park. It's my favorite place. I love to walk into and be in. And the, the biggest reason for that is not the individual attractions. It is the overall emotional experience that I feel with islands of adventure and dueling dragons and the dueling dragons queue was a huge, huge part of that early on building that emotional attachment. And even though it's gone, the f- the feel is still there to some degree and i think that's important
0: i think for the world of RexandtheBeast.com, the Beast.com, there's no question for me for the beast ioa is the, is the most special is the most special park we've had great experiences at all the parks but for all the reasons you just said yeah i mean gosh man those dragons and the the, the challenge and going across and getting the turkey leg that we hated and you know just all of that fun stuff we rem- I remember so vividly and so it's a very, very special place. Okay, let's actually talk about the attraction now. What did we think? What did we think? So there's all of the expectations and the kind of the, the stuff that we have in our minds going into it. What did we think about the actual attraction? Let us be said, if you don't know, that there's there's two different ways to experience it. You're going to have the motorcycle, which is going, you're going to be sitting up a little bit, bent over a little bit on the handlebars. Then you have the sidecar, which makes you lower to the track. And you are on the motorcycle part I was in the sidecar. It's hard to know if that matters. I think it does. But we haven't ridden it again. We've only ridden it one time. So even with that, this review is somewhat skewed in the fact that we haven't switched uh, places, right? So you're going to be talking about it from the perspective of the motorcycle. I'm going to be talking about it from the perspective of the sidecar. Maybe not a huge deal, but I think a little bit, don't you?
1: From what I understand, since we've done it once, we don't know for sure, but from what I see and others and and all of that, I believe I got the better of it. I think the motorcycle is the better ride than the sidecar, but we'll have to check that out ourselves next trip and find out. But I do think there is probably a distinction. Yes.
0: Yeah. 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 So pre-show you get, (laughs) this is kind of funny. We just talked about no screens in the pre-show you get what's now the pretty classic uh, digital screenage projection. It's not a screen, but you're, you know, how would you even describe that? Like, what is it? You're looking at a physical set, right? But there's also then projection, and and I guess it's a screen to a certain degree, isn't it? Yeah, at some Uh, level. Yeah, at some level. uh, But what about the pre-show? You know that all of the, uh, what are they called? The the pixie, whatever, they basically blow up the the motorcycle, right? And then you have the muggles have to move on, and uh, Arthur's going to recreate the motorcycle and get you into the Forbidden Forest. that leave you with you know a very strong impression. Do you even remember it? Do you even remember that or remember, what the story is?
1: I remember it very vaguely, to be honest with you, because I, I think I was so pumped and so fired up to get to the the attraction that I did not pay the attention first time through the pre show. That I probably will once we uh, once we do it multiple times. But I can tell you, I did not get pumped up for it the way I have other uh, other pre shows sort of in the past, like I, I, the, the Gringotts, um, even the forbidden journey castle walkthrough of different things I thought were much, much more, uh, uh, much more intense, much more interesting than that. But, but again, I I don't think it was, I didn't think it was poorly done either. It just didn't quite have the same impact on me.
0: Yeah, I agree. So then you get taken in, you eventually arrive uh, at the attraction. Like I said, you took the motorcycle. I took the sidecar. And, um, off we go, so one of the things the attraction is most known for uh is the fact that it has how many six or seven um launches launches, yeah, I think it's seven right? seven launches, yeah, seven launches, yeah, and so you come out and and you launch and off we go, and from there it's a pretty it's a pretty fast experience, you know, I think one of the things that that will benefit from multiple writings is being able to see some of the magical creatures, uh, again, and getting a different view of them and, and trying to see really what's there because you go by this stuff pretty quickly. And, uh, it's, it's kind of like the haunted mansion. I mean, there's no way to take in everything and really know what you're even looking at until you've written it 15 times. The fact that you and I have only written it once, I think lessens our ability to be able to know what we're even looking at because you go by pretty fast. You know what I mean?
1: Well, I think that's true. Uh, however, I, I wouldn't want to give people the impression that it um, it go it goes by too fast because I think it's a pretty it's a pretty substantial attraction as well. I mean it it uh, for a coaster it it gives you
0: plenty of time on the, the attraction. I thought. Um, I felt like no, no. I don't mean the attraction itself is short. Yeah, I mean going by the practical right. effects. No, absolutely. You're going by them quickly, and that's you know?
1: that's why. Right. Yeah, I just wanted to make that distinction because yes, you do move very quickly. You go up to I think you know 50 miles an hour a few times, and you are rolling, and that is part of the fun right out of the gate. I remember actually having a pretty good smile on my face as you're coming out with that first launch right into the um, kind of bank turns and and moving along, and I mean it, it was it was pretty sweet to start out like that for sure. Um, and, uh, but, but yes, it is, it is clearly set up for multiple rides uh, to take in all of the things you cannot see the
0: first few times. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, even checking out the, you know, f- what's he called fluffy, the dog and everything. Yep. like yep. That's a, that's pretty cool. A major part of the films, but we were, we were by fluffy pretty quickly. And then this blast ended scroot which I think is the the central animatronic of the whole thing. Uh, Again, you you kind of turn the corner, you're going around Hagrid standing there and you're like, wow, I just want to stay here for a couple of seconds so I can really see what's happening. What's Hagrid doing and what is this creature doing? Uh, But you got to look quick because, you know, you're moving on. So I think there's some beautiful detail there that might require multiple ridings in in order to see. Now, I I do wanna clarify, obviously it's not like the Haunted, in the Haunted Mansion, every second of the ride, you're looking at something that's amazing. In this ride, of course, being a coaster, they're spread out. So you're gonna pass uh, some practical effects, then you're gonna have a period of track, and then you're gonna have another effect, then there's gonna be a period of track and whatnot. Um, You know, the story itself, in terms of what you're actually doing, how how was the storytelling? As a matter of fact, Universal calls this a story coaster, right? That's kind of how they describe it. So, did it tell the story well? You know, did, do, do you get off knowing what happened and everything is clear?
1: Um, in my in my mind, if if you're talking about truly a a story that has a kind of beginning, middle, and the end, I don't know that I would uh, I would say I thought the story was that big of focus and that important as to how it works. Uh, I think it it does a great job of, of mo- you moving through and kind of understanding different things are happening at different points as you go through the forest but I never got the impression that sort of I'm dealing with a story with this great beginning, middle, and end, um, yeah. with a with a specific goal in mind. Uh, so yeah. it's sort of how you look at the story.
0: Totally agree. Because I don't, I'm not even sure that was their intent. No, I, I don't, don't and I don't know that it needs to be. So yeah, yeah. I think the story is more taking a look at the creatures, look at all these magical creatures in the Forbidden Forest, and going to have a lot of fun in the process. But I, I, I agree. I don't think we're trying to find. We start, we have a middle, you know, like a uh, escalating to a climax and then a conclusion. That doesn't seem to be what they're going for here. Uh, I don't think think that detracts from it at all. No, I I agree. Um, Elements of the ride, positives then. So what are elements of the rides that you found to be positive? Um, I'll mention just a couple here. This attraction has um, a track where you drop down. 17 feet like straight down without warning you connect to another track and off you go um we've done these kind of things before verbolton right at bush gardens in williamsburg uh, was attraction with does something similar and you and i've done that uh this was absolutely seamless you couldn't hear anything happen. You couldn't hear tracks moving. You couldn't hear. You could. You couldn't feel like rumbling of things getting into place. So you know you're about to drop, which kind of takes away. You're sitting there. You're listening to Hagrid. You, you know you've got the devil snares, dark, and then boom. You're just down and off you go. I was amazed by that. I thought that technology was was super cool. So that was a really positive element uh, for me. What about you?
1: I was really impressed with the drop. Uh, you know, we had the only real. Comparable drop of any kind that we've experienced, and there really is out there in the United States anyway, is is Verbolton, and it's not even the same, you know, stratosphere as far as what you're dealing with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it it is you know an interesting little thing, but I mean, this was done as you're coming back, you're coming back down in, you do the drop, and then you move on. Really cool. I I, I mean, you could take the position that. It's so seamless. It's not even sort of a feature of the ride. It's just part of the ride. You know, I mean, it would be like saying, you know, we've moved from uh, the the eighth piece of track to the ninth piece of track. Well, I mean, you know, th- there's no no feature there. You just moved on. That's sort of the way this felt. We just went. We dropped. We moved on. Um, I, I I thought it was a great. I thought it was a great piece of. Um, You know, just put that little twist on the ride, made it a little different, and I I thought it was neat.
0: Well, I think these kinds of things, I think what you're trying to say is like, these kinds of things have the possibility of really disrupting the ride, and even though it seems like it would be something cool, it really just gets in the way of the whole ride experience, but With this, it doesn't, it just really is flawless. It just keeps, it just keeps you moving. And it goes very quickly and really adds to the experience. So the, some of the elements really were amazing. The drop back was perfect and it was fast. You didn't wait for tracks to move in the right place. Kind of like you do with Revenge of the Mummy and whatnot. And then, you know, the, the dropping down was just seamless. It was fast. It was fun. So yeah, a lot of the elements were fantastic, which just brings us back to the overall question of the podcast which is all of these amazing elements in place. The fact that it was fun, the animatronics and visuals are good. There's no screens. There's a lot of um, physical uh, things to look at, but does it live up to the hype? Is this truly one of the, if not the, best attraction in Orlando? How do you respond to that?
1: If the question is, is this one of the best I have to dig down is this the best attraction in Orlando the answer is no no it is not if we're saying one of the best are we saying top three the answer is still no no if we're saying top five or six then I believe the answer is yes uh, from from my perspective but I, I think we have to dive into this a little bit because this is the grading on a curve. And in this case, the curve is inverse. It's not everybody coming down. It's everybody going up. We're, we're grading on a curve because of how great the response was and has been about this attraction. Is It is a great ride. It is a great attraction. It is an amazing addition to uh, Islands of Adventure at, at Universal. And I have I have only positive things to say about it. I think it was done extremely well. I cannot wait to ride it again. I th- I think it was was awesome. But now you have to compare it to the hype, which was universal acclaim as if not the greatest, one of like the two greatest attractions ever, or at least in Orlando. And, and i i don't see that i just don't see that uh, i i see it as a great attraction a great ride but it is not better in my opinion than uh forbidden journey it is not better than flight of passage i'm not sure i think it's better than gringotts and you know there's there's a few others that i could say i i if they were you know you and i beast have talked many times how do you do this how do you decide What's a better attraction, a better ride? How do you rate them? How do you do it? And and there's a myriad of ways you can attempt to do that. Mm -hmm. But the way that we come down a lot of times to do this, I believe, and certainly the way I come down to it, is if you line up all of the rides side by side, and you have not just recently ridden one of them and hadn't ridden the other one in like two years. So you don't have this bias of, oh my gosh, I haven't ridden that one in forever. And you could only pick one ride to go on. Or you could only pick two out of the five or whatever. In what order would you pick to go on those attractions? Yeah. And to me, that is as, as solid a way to do it as any. And if you put Flight of Passage, Gringotts, Forbidden Journey, Hagrid's, Spider-Man, and, and a couple of others that we can talk about there. I can tell you the first two or three are not going to be Hagrid's, and then it's going to get close. And so that's, that's where I am, Beast. That's where I am. Nobody's denying it's not a great ride. It is a great ride, but it's not the best in Orlando.
0: Yeah, sometimes, unfortunately, it's difficult in the Twitterverse and social media to have conversations like this because no matter how often we say how great of an attraction this is and how much fun we had and how it is an incredible addition to Universal Studios, as soon as we then say, but it may not live up to the hype in our opinion, immediately uh, the reaction is, how can you not think this is a good ride? Or how could you possibly? Unfortunately, we're not very good at navigating these kinds of waters uh, on social media. We tend to live on the extremes, to the left or to the right, whatever that may be. I love this attraction. I can't wait to ride it again. And it very well may be, Rex, that after we ride it four or five, six more times, some of this will change. We may be able to appreciate things about it that we don't fully understand or know or or have experienced yet because we've only been on it one time. But if you do what you just said, line them all up, Hagrid's is going to be down the list for me. Uh, I mean, and we can just talk about even some Disney's attractions that probably were not even in your purview. There is no way I get on Hagrid's before I get on Haunted Mansion. Not even close. And it's not, and it's, it's the same thing's going to be true for Forbidden Journey. I definitely like Green Gets Better than I like Hagrid's at this point. So for me, it's probably between five and ten down the list. As in terms of that, the rubric that you just set up. I don't know if that's surprising or if that's if that seems ridiculous, but that's probably where it would be for me.
1: Yeah, I, again, I, I certainly would don't think it would be at 10, but I can easily imagine it being at 5 for me, so I don't think we're off that far there. But, but I do believe that's the case. And, of course, what you said about as soon as you say but uh, and then go on with why it's not the best or it's not whatever, there is a school of thought out there, which is perfectly fine, which is... Why do you have to say that at all? You know, why do we have to sit around and say, oh, well, we'll rank them or we'll do this. Why don't we just say it's a great ride and be done with it? You know, we don't, we don't have to sit here and try to cast some level of, of dispersion because it's um, not one of the best. We could just say it's a great ride and be done with it. And we could. But the bottom line is that's not really what. We're here to do. If we right. did that, we could. If we did that, we could have a five-minute podcast and be done, or just or, not even have a podcast. Right, right. I mean, we're here to talk about these more in depth and compare and contrast and and do all of that. So that's the reason that you do it. And if you going to get, don't want to be part of that. Hey, that's fine too. I, I, I'm, you know, I guarantee you, my family that loves Universal and loves the rides, they're not sitting around wondering and caring about what's number one, what's number two, what's number three. They just know they love to ride everything and that's great and that's awesome but this is a little different and that's why we get into these uh, get into these edges of things
0: yeah and it and is there is no there's no hate here
1: there's you know? no hate there, here
0: there's no hate here there's no negativity i love the ride i mean would you stop telling me i don't like the ride you know rex that's really getting well, annoying well beast you know if you don't yeah. like it you don't like it just say so don't beat around the bush yeah no i love the ride i think it's fantastic you know it's just not the best yeah, it's just, it's and, just not so, the best. It's that so, simple. So then, then
1: we go back to the idea that we touched on earlier, which is why are there so many people that we believe would say this is the greatest ride, the best ride in Orlando? Yeah, when, I don't when know. When we feel when we feel so so differently about that, because we've generally been on board with the react. I mean, forbidden journey came out. The general consensus was this is great. This is a breakthrough. This is great. ride." And we're like, yes, we agree with that. The general consensus before that was Spider-Man is one of the great rides of all time. You know, yes, we agree with that Um, for, you know, flight of passage came out again, the general consensus, none of this hundred percent stuff, but the, the majority consensus was this is a spectacular ride. Top Two at least in the, in Orlando, and we agreed with that. Um, yes. So, but this one we don't. And why is that? And I I I think it's twofold. I think it's one of the things that we mentioned earlier, which is you and I did not have this huge negative screen bias that a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took the position: Is it a great ride? I don't care if it is practical effects, if it's screen effects, if it's screen and practical effects, all of this we were able to still take the ride and attraction for what it was and is. And so we didn't have this negative um, sort of feeling for screens. So therefore, we didn't have any kind of pumped up because there is no screens. We were taking it for what it was, not for what it was not. Um, And I think that's the first one. Hmm. Um, And the second one is the idea and I I think this is much lower on the list though is the idea that you and I are not quite the 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 potter maniacs that a lot of people are and all of the in-depth potter information that is there and that information and those pieces of kind of deep dive into what you're seeing and what you're going through and the forbidden forest and all of that I think that meant more to other people than it did to us. Um, so I, I think those are the two biggest factors as to why we we saw this happen.
0: Yeah, I think that was I think that was very well done. Good job. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I don't really I'm not sure if I have much to add. I mean, I you just said we were taking it for what it was, not what it was not that. That could be one of the best lines of coasters and culture in the history of the podcast. I mean, that was really well said because I, well, I think that's right. And I think a lot of times, I think
1: a lot of times that is what we do. Uh, and and, and I, in this case, I mean we too. Is, is it you, you come out and you start talking about what something, um, you know, what something isn't or what something is, usually in a negative way. Right. But in this case, it's a positive, which is kind of funny. So,
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't have screens, so automatically we already love it and regardless of whether or not the attraction lives up to that kind of standard or not maybe we're maybe we're going overboard on that a little bit maybe it's not so much of a scream but i think a lot of it is uh, i think that's been a lot of the, uh, cuz let's take into this account as well how does this play into the equation because this is surprising the downtime on this thing is like 50% right i mean it's <laughs> it's been huge it, it's just it's never open it seems and if it is there's going to be waits and but that still has not seen detract too much maybe it has now that the attraction has been open for a while but people still go crazy over it even in light of those kinds of major problems with it being up and running. It seems like with any other attraction if there had been that kind of a problem getting it going, that would have had a detrimental effect on the people's overall evaluation of the ride. But it yes. hasn't happened with Hacks. No, I, completely true. I think that's completely accurate. It's usually what
1: you see is that, is It pulls the overall attraction down. In this case, it's like people were able to separate them into two things. They said, oh yeah, the downtime's horrible. they got to get that fixed. That's awful. Man, this is the greatest attraction though once you do it and people would say things like um you know we, we once we finally got you know it was horrible it was terrible we waited forever and all this but man once we got on it it was the greatest and, and you're right you don't normally see that you don't normally see that um you, you it normally merges but in this case it didn't
0: yeah it's really interesting i i really am excited to get back to orlando as i'm always excited to get back to orlando but for us to ride this again to switch cars to do it three or four more times and then to come back and have this conversation again revisit the issue it would be really fascinating to see won't it if any of any of our opinions adjust on uh, because we we trust many of our followers you know their opinions and and we value those highly and um man everybody loves it so either we are just really missing something in terms of this is not the best attraction we don't think um or we have misread the reviews and the evaluations are people really not loving it as much as we say they are i i think we have pretty concrete proof of that though don't you Based I on do. twitter i do and um so yeah we're just gonna have to wait and see what happens any final thoughts here about hagrid's
1: i mean my final thought is is it's a great addition and and one one thing too that you could add is a third reason why people love it so much and also a reason why I actually love it is because I just think it is a great replacement for Dragon Challenge. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I we never, you know, as much as we looked forward to doing Dueling Dragons, I mean, it was, I don't know, second or third ride at least on our list when we would come to Islands of Adventure to make sure we hit, um, We've gotten to where we didn't even do Dragon Challenge. No, you know we didn't even go.
0: I mean, literally. most people didn't. I mean, nobody yeah.
1: cared. So, so it's awesome to have an attraction there that we can be excited about again and look forward to going to do because that area that area um, deserves it and and needs it and it's it's great so i'm i'm excited i can't wait either obviously i will get to well maybe not obviously i don't know we we have uh i've received another spectacular gift from my wife a uh, gift for uh, of uh, me and you going to uh, check out rise of the resistance and on that trip we probably will make it to universal to ride the question will be whether we get that done before um Well, we certainly are probably not gonna get that done now that I think about it. I was thinking the summer, but I'm going, it's spring break with my family to Universal, so I'll probably get to write it again before you do. So um, we'll uh, we'll see what I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll have to bring it back, see where we go from there. Um, Yeah, I I had something to say. Oh, you know, at some point, you and I have talked a little bit about this on various podcasts, we've mentioned it here or there, but at some point I think somebody's gonna have to do a deep dive. Uh, into the psychology of dueling dragons. Um, And we don't have time to do this now. But the, 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 the attraction itself, for the most part, did not change. It stopped dueling. But even when it was Dragon Challenge there for a while, it was still dueling. And no one cared. No, no i don't i don't no believe one it. Wanted I, to ride it anyway.
1: I don't believe it ever dueled while it was dragon oh it Never. wasn't
0: did, did they stop that with, they, maybe yeah. you're right maybe yeah, you're they right. they stopped
1: the dueling before while it was still dueling dragons because yeah, they you're right you're right. Then, you're right you're so, but still,
0: I still but, don't think that's enough to so radically alter the fact that no one really cared anymore
1: yeah no there's a f- there's a few factors that is probably worth a, a discussion at some point because it it did to be a, in essence the same ride. I mean, it, and, and it did it in our case as well. It dropped from an absolutely must-do to a, I really
0: don't care if we do it or not. Right. So. Unbelievable. Well, this has been a, a blast. Let us know what you think. Let us know where we're wrong, or if you agree with us, by all means, let us know that too. But it's a lot of fun to discuss these things. Uh, thanks for listening to Coasters and Culture with Rex and the Beast. We'll check you next time. And forget, in the meantime, be strong and courageous. Rexandthebeast.com. Join the journey.